with me to Hebrews chapter 10 again, 10, 19. And then we're going to go to Timothy chapter 4, which is our day's, our day's reading today. But I want to launch from where we were when we went through the Hebrews and all the betters. I, it, it brought us to this one purpose for all the betters, to take advantage of all the Lord Jesus gave us and then to empower one another in the gospel that we're called to. So I want to just read verse 19 through 25 and I'll comment on, on this because, again, I can just feel and sense what's growing in the midst of us these days. Uh, there's so many things that are coming because of the sovereign will of God into the planet and they're going to break forth in the church as he brings us alive into, into Christ. And it's, it's an exciting time. And verse 19 of chapter 10 of Hebrews says, Therefore, brethren, after all of the 10, ten chapters and 18 verses, ten, uh, he says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. That's when we come into praise. We start there. And that's why we don't wait to feel better. We just come because of what we've been given provision of, which is the blood of the Lamb makes me bold, makes me free. And through the new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil of his flesh. That, that means that's the access. It's through what Jesus gave himself to be the perfect sacrifice, raised from the dead by the perfect justification, now seated at the right hand, and we come right up there in the, through him. And there he is, a high priest over the house of God. He's active. I'll tell you what, on Sunday morning, he's super active because he's welcoming all of us as we approach God the Father through him, and, and we're accessing to the very holy of holies, so let us draw near then with a true heart. This is where we get to be honest. I'm so grateful I can be honest with God, but I always do it inside of the faith of what Jesus has accomplished, never as a condition to try to get the faith that Jesus accomplished to work for me. It already is truth, so I just accept and I praise him, but then I can tell the Father, that's, here I am, I need to find you in this moment. My soul's here, I need direction, I need help, but I'm coming with the assurance of faith gives me access and my heart sprinkled from an evil conscience I'm so grateful for the blood the sprinkles it speaks better than the blood of Abel does not ask for vengeance it asks for forgiveness and I can have my body washed with the pure water the living word this is what happens in worship this is what happens in approaching God in prayer by taking this with the Spirit of God and the truth of God we we make application we don't just wait for our emotions to give us interpretation. We take truth and make application, and soon our emotions will be reflecting the truth that we're declaring. So we hold truth as the means with the Spirit of God, and we're here praising Him. Can you see that with me? Can I practice it with you just for a moment? Well, let's just practice it. So, Lord, just say with your own, with your own way, I'm drawing near to you, Lord, because your blood gives me boldness. I am bold to come in your holy presence. I'm bold to come in your holy presence. And I come through the veil of your flesh. You're the high priest over my confession. Over the house of God. And I draw near to you. I can't get any closer than you. I'm in you. You're my Lord. You're my resurrected king. 
I approach God through you. Lord, there are real issues in my life that I want you to touch. And I want resolution. There are places of pain. There's places of confusion. There are places of conflict. But I am drawing near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. It is what you've already accomplished that will make the difference in what I'm facing. It's who you already are as a high priest that will give me the victory in what I'm looking at. Praise you. So like right now, where the real issues of life, let the blood of Jesus sprinkle the heart from an evil conscience. We'll talk about that in a moment. But just let your conscience be made perfectly free again because you're forgiven. We're forgiven. And let our bodies be washed with pure water. Let it, let it frame who we are, speak over who we are. Let it speak healing where our bodies are hurting. Let it speak joy where there's sorrow. Let the Word of God speak truth. Mm. You say, why, we, why do we need to do all this? Because then the best part of, of being in God's presence comes. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for He who promised is faithful. You see, what God speaks, He's able to perform. He never declares what He's going to do conditional on what you and I will do. It's conditional on what He's done and His ability to perform it. He knows what we will do, but He knows what He's done. And so when we hold a confession of hope, it's hope, it's not faith. It's hope, it's anticipating. There's a change, there's a, there's a, there's a breakthrough, there's help that's going to be here. We hold that without wavering, that's the posture of agreement. We're, we're coming out of tossed to and fro, carried about, wondering about this, ch chasing that. We're just, I'm in Christ and His truth is in me and the words that I've heard, the words He spoke. J Abraham became so convinced that what God had promised that he did not consider his own body dead and the deadness of Sarah's womb. That means he did not... Uh, Look at it completely. He did not consider it fully. He did not just examine where he, he is. And he didn't stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. The word stagger means he did not separate it thoroughly. What happens to believers is when we hear the word of God, we see an outcome. Have you ever read a scripture where God begins to speak to you about something and all of a sudden you, you go, I can see how that could happen. Have you ever had that? Come on, come on. Anybody? You can see how it happens. Well, that means it won't happen that way. Because we walk by faith, not by sight. God is not seeking to, to allow my sight to become in, excited. I will, naturally. My soul will figure it out. I'm on it. I'm ready. But it's not until all that's dead. And then Jesus has to come back and say, you know, am I able to perform what I promised? Did I not say? Now just let me be the reason for it. Real faith is when there's no sight possible. Faith that's about to be performed is when you can't see how it could ever be done. But something inside of you saying it's going to be done because God said it to be done. And that's that confession of hope that starts coming alive. And you start looking at things not by how you see them, but how you're hearing them. And you see the, what, what's coming alive. And that's our responsibility. Every living member of the body of Jesus Christ. This is your charge. God says, do this so that we can then do, get some work done. Because once we're in this position and we're, 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 we're experiencing it, 
You're not trying to, of course I'm convincing myself. Every day I start with truth, to return to truth, so the truth can prevail. But I, I don't now bother with all the problems until I'm engaged with all the truth. And then when I'm in the truth, in the presence, then I can talk about all my problems. Half the time, three-quarters of the time, they're all gone. Because truth just swallowed them up. Light just swallowed them up. It just, whoa, there you are, Jesus. But now once we're here, and we're holding that confession, we're expecting what's coming, but we don't know how it's coming. So we just know he's able to perform it. We just know he's able. He's just able. He's just able. He's able to perform it. He says, then we consider one another. And I want to encourage you, because I'm so aware of this is happening. Consider one another to stir up love and good works. There's nothing more powerful in our union with Jesus Christ than to look and see someone else and be able to go, you know, I know God's got a good plan to be working in your life. I know something powerful is coming. And I know, I know you're to walk in love, get fervent in love. And, and you're going to do something really beautiful with your life. And that's, that is the essence of releasing blessing. That's the essence of prophecy. It's all because of in Christ, and we start doing that one with another. Then we don't, which we're doing right now, we're not forsaking the assembling of ourselves as the manner of some is. And that's, I shared a couple weeks ago, that's rapture practice. That's the catching away is when we gather together. Do you know how hard it was for some of us to get here today? Trust me. There's, if you don't, there's warfare. Until, until, the warfare. until the decision's been made forever, there's always warfare over the decision. And then even when you've made the decision to go for God and serve Him and show up at church every Sunday, you still have conflicts and, and contests. And so the assembling is the collecting. We're collecting. We're collecting. We're collecting ourselves. It's the same word for when we're all caught up together with Christ in the air forever. A collecting. As some people forgot to quit, they stopped doing that. They just stopped gathering, stopped gathering, stopped assembling, stopped collecting. Now, I'm preaching to the choir, so I'm not telling you that's not you. That's who we are. But I believe with all my heart we need to know that is an important thing because we need to do this so we can exhort one another. Exhorting one another means to draw near, to, to pull each other into a huddle. The church is the called out ones to be collected in the assembly so that we can together draw each other tighter into agreement with Jesus Christ. <clears throat> to us, and, and, to, and to see that more as the day is approaching. The day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. <clears throat> One simple reason I'm returning to the, the pre-tribulation rapture is that I've concluded that God is sovereign and he has a marriage for his, land, his wife and he's not going to do it in the middle of a hell breaking out any more than I want to get married to Cammie in the middle of a war. It's an important day to the Father. It's an important day in preparation and our hearts are being returned and, and anticipation and expectancy any day now. <clears throat> you know, well, uh, but I, I'm, that's next week. I'll go on there. Let's go to T Timothy chapter 4. Well, let I'm just going to have to do this. God's just brought me a lot of joy in the fear of the Lord. So he says, if we sin willfully after we receive the knowledge of the truth. I'm back in Hebrew, sorry. There no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. This means, this none of a, don't worry about this. 
because that means you just voluntarily decided, I'm just walking away from all this truth that I've learned and all this I've been taught. Ah, forget it. I don't care. Who cares? Doesn't matter. It's not going to matter. Willfully, no temptation, no pressure on you, no overwhelming. I don't know how to withstand this kind of pressure. He says, it's over. There's a certain fearful expectation of judgment. That's why Hebrews chapter 6 says we've got to get six basic principles down in our life. And if God determines that they're settled in you, then he'll move you on to the great five revelations of grace of this coming age that we're going to walk into. And then Hebrews 12 goes on and says there's eight places inside Zion, the church, and the living God, oh, that we're all in fellowship in the presence of God. So he's, he's always wanting us to go further, but he also wants us to not be just kind of indifferent. So because there's a, he says, anyone who has rejected Moses' law, which is Hebrews all again, this was given the best sacrifice, the best opportunity. They died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Now I want to read verse 29, and I want to read it slowly. It's not any of us doing this, but it's something valuable to know how we can become indifferent and how we want to put the precious value to. How much worse punishment do you suppose would be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot? That's an interesting thought, just to walk on top of Jesus. Jesus is many things, but he's never under anything. He's over everything. You'll never find a place in relationship with God that you're above him, but you can be in him, you can be with him, you can come through him, but you're never over him. Then it says, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing. Well, I don't know that the blood makes that big a difference. I, I declare the blood, it gives me boldness, but I don't feel bold, so I'm not sure if it really works. It's just maybe what's whatever. Or insulted the spirit of grace. When we read the whole Bible, we open the door to have truth given to us, both in the positive and in the negative. You can turn this verse 29 into one of the greatest praise verses you'll ever declare to the Father by simply returning it as it was meant to be. Lord Jesus, Father my King, I declare the Son of God over everything, never under my feet, never to be used by, but fully Lord, that your name is above every name given among men whereby we are saved that you are exalted so that your name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What am I doing? I'm doing the opposite, right? That's all praise is. Praise is taking truth and applying it because truth is what God likes to hear. Then, he go, then we go on and say, Lord, I thank you for the blood of the covenant. I thank you for the blood of the covenant that sanctified me. I'm sanctified by your blood. I'm never going to be sanctified by anything but your blood. Your blood has made me accepted. One sacrifice, once for all, of your blood. Now I have eternal redemption. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Now, when you're doing that and your emotions feel like going, I don't know if it even works anymore. I'm not so sure that Jesus is making that big a difference in me. And Jesus sometimes quits making differences in us. Galatians chapter 5 says that if you, if you go back to being circumcised and want to be made perfect through the law, then Christ, is of no Christ doesn't even profit you. That's why some of us don't feel the, the, the fullness of Jesus because we're still trying to do it ourselves. That's called dead works. 
So I'm praising him now. You, you did it all. Your blood is everything. And I just think, I don't want to insult the spirit of grace. So I thank you, Holy Spirit, for being so willing to communicate so much grace. It's all in Jesus Christ. It's such a stubborn and, and sometimes, you know, indifferent people. Just come. We're so grateful that you're not leaving us alone, that you're the one who's a paracletus. You're coming alongside. All you do is take the truth, whether it's forewarning us, and we therefore don't want to fall into that, so we turn around and we turn that as, no, this is my choice. I, I come under the mighty hand of God in, in your sight, Jesus. I accept your blood as sanctification entirely. And I receive you, Holy Spirit, and I don't want to insult you or grieve you or quench you or resist you. I give you access. Please have, lead me in the way you want me to go. Is that wonderful? How wonderful. Timothy chapter 4. Oh, I praise you, Jesus. I just so praise you. One of the things Jesus was asked by his disciples, when will the end of time be? When will things come? How will, this, how will it look? What's going to come down? The first thing he always says is don't get deceived. And then here in uh, Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 begins by saying, now the Spirit expressly says, explicitly says, that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. We're all aware now of the misinformation, disinformation, conflicts in the airwaves. We, we hear it, we see it, reports this way, reports that way. But that's nothing compared to the deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons that want to persuade the believing body into lies, into conf conflicting acceptance. He says, it's going to happen. And they're going to speak lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. So what's going to be... Satan's not as important threatened by politics as he is by a resurrected church in Christ, aware of truth. So he goes to try to dismantle that. Now let me teach us a really simple thing, the most important thing you'll ever know about your own personal possession. It's in 1 Timothy, and it's called the word conscience. I think it was Samuel Adams stood before when they were declaring our independence or working to the Constitution. I don't remember when, but he made a declaration. He said, conscience is the most sacred possession of all men. What does that mean? Conscience is co-perception. It's the knowledge I possess of myself that God also possesses. All that I know of myself, God knows of me, and even what I don't know about me, God knows of me. So the closest thing we're given in the new covenant is to have a conscience that is void of offense, a clear conscience, a clean conscience. And in fact, in the last days, the way the message of Jesus will be communicated more and more powerfully is through conscience. You'll know someone else's conscience. They're not, they're not speaking lies and hypocrisy. They haven't had their conscience seared. Your conscience is always telling you, hey, no. Oh, yeah. Romans talks about that, that even though you don't know the law, being born again, you begin to have the law inside of you written in your heart, and your conscience accuses you or excuses you and gives you permission to go forward. So in 1 Timothy chapter 1, 
He said in verse 5, just want to show you this importance because we're jumping in chapter 4, but verse 1, chapter 1, verse 5. Now the purpose of the commandment, Jesus gave us a commandment to love one another as he loved us, is love from a pure heart. A pure heart. A pure heart. And from a good conscience. A good conscience. See, why do I spend all that time before the Lord and claiming his blood? Because I want my conscience to be alive. I want it to be soft. I want it to be, to be felt. I want it, whoa. Remember, in the midst of the religious hatred of religion, wanting to control the Messiah, they propped up catching a woman in adultery, dragged her out naked, covered her up enough to bring her to public and threw her at Jesus' feet and said, we caught the woman in the very act. And what the law says, you got to stone him. What do you say? And Jesus just disengaged because you don't engage in that spirit. He went down, he went low, and he began to write on the ground. And finally, after they kept accusing him, he stood up and he said, whoever is without sin, cast the first stone. And the Bible says he just stooped down and began to write. And it literally said, beginning with the oldest, they dropped their stones and they left to the youngest. Their conscience convicted them. There's coming a conscience that's coming alive that's going to awaken people that have seared consciences. And once that happens, you can be the most callous, hateful, spiteful, religious prig. But your conscience comes back alive and you go, oh my God, I think I'll step out of this engagement. I've got issues myself. No, I can't do that. No, no, no. They used to call it the God consciousness. The Hebrides revival was, began by two women, one blind, met a pastor and said, if you'll begin to, the, you'll begin to pray, God's going to send revival. And they had a promise in Isaiah 44, verse 3, I will pour water upon him who's thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. And they began to pray until they began to become convinced of that promise until one day as an end Sunday service that's full of life is finishing up, but it's really not the life that they're looking for because there's so much more. There's just so much more. We've barely begun. We've barely begun to touch what's coming. And one of the men stood up and said, Lord, your word is true. And you have declared that you'll pour water upon him as thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. That you'll pour your spirit upon our descendants and your blessing on our offspring. And I declare your word to be true now. And you don't know why that happened that time. Because you never know the trigger point. It's only that moment that's been being led up by many moments. And all of a sudden, the spirit of God landed. They didn't know how he landed because they went outside and the parking lot was full of people. They were full of people. And they were so full of people they were trying to get in so they had to start the service again. And there were people up here just weeping. God, spare me. Spare me. Spare me, Lord. They were so convicted of sin, God consciousness, that those who had committed crimes went to the police department to turn themselves in. That's the strength of conviction when the Spirit of God wants to make a point made known about the righteousness of His Son. 
He convicts us of our unbelief because we don't believe. And it comes and all of a sudden, whoa. So the purpose of growing up as believers is a pure heart, love, good conscience, sincere faith. Chapter 1, verse 18, Paul is exhorting Timothy, guard this. For this uh, charge I commit you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. You see, that's the confession of hope. The words we've heard that have been spoken over us. We're to guard them. We're to use them as encouragement to continue going forward and not giving up in the midst of the trial. Having faith and a good conscience. You lose your conscience, you lose your faith. And you just get into works, and you get into comparison, and you get into all manner of evil. Your conscience is the most sacred of all possessions. Paul stood in front of the Sanhedrin and said, I have striven to spend my life having a conscience void of offense. Now, you don't have a conscience void of offense because you did not sin. You have a conscience void of offense because as soon as you're aware of separation, you return and acknowledge the completion of Jesus Christ. You do it five times a day, 15 times a day, 25 times a day, 30 times a day. That condemnation is your trainer into righteousness. If you'll take the truth of God's word and return to the Lord and say, I feel lousy, but your word's true. And you're my righteousness. And I'll never be righteous on my own merit, but everything Jesus did by submitting to you, Father, and what you did by raising him from the dead, I believe. And I accept that as enough for me to come and praise you. And then you do what, what Diana told us. Tell your soul. Soul, bless the Lord. Get engaged. Without that training, without the warfare, without the conflict, we won't grow up. So he says, Spirit says it's going to get really dicey, squirrely, really squirrely at the last days. So we'll go back to chapter 4. Oh, no, no, no. It says, uh, of whom Hemaeus, okay, having a faith and a good conscience, and some have rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. Do you know how many beloved believers are shipwrecked outside of the church right now? They're shipwrecked. They lost their mooring. They lost their focus. They lost their purpose. And I've been shipwrecked. I don't know any believer that's not been. I've been shipwrecked many times. Where I just kind of go, I just, I don't know. I don't know. So it says of Hermaeus and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan, they may not learn to blasphemy. It's okay to be shipwrecked. Just don't blame God in a way that just begins to take away from the, the glorious work of the Son. Be honest. I'm here, and I don't know what to do with where I am. But I will not take away from the truth. Jesus Christ is Lord. That's why when we said that today, the Spirit of God came in. It's like we weren't singing feelings. I feel this, and I feel that, and I feel this, and I feel that. We're saying, Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ. And truth was confirmed by the Spirit of God. And all of a sudden, we were back in, in, in union, not supported by emotion, but supported by truth. He goes on. says these, verse chapter 4, verse 2, says they'll speak lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared as with a hot iron. Now, you, how many coffee drinkers or tea drinkers here? 
Right? Do you remember when you first tried to learn to drink coffee or tea and it was like, my tongue is on fire, I burnt it. And then after a while you sear it enough that you can just go, ah, oh, it's not hot enough, please, more. That's what a conscience does. When your conscience is tender, you, 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 you just, there's a lot of things your conscience is going to say, no, 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 we're not going there. And it can get seared. Then the, then the consciousness, and then lies and hypocrisy. And then you get off in these stupid belief systems. Forbidding to get married. Oh, isn't that a great one? We're going to have a pure church, nobody marry, and just burn. <laughs> burn in your pleasure. Yeah, just, just do it. And, and oh, we've got to abstain from foods which God created to receive with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. This is, it's just, it's, it, it's peripherals. When, when you hear the emphasis on peripherals and not on Jesus Christ, back away and get back into the focus of Jesus Christ. Because he said, look, everything's fine. You can eat anything. If you know, it, it, every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. Right now, there's a powerful witness being given by the Spirit of God that everything that's received with thanksgiving makes it perfectly accepted in Christ inside of what he's saying. It is, for it's sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine that. We can, we can thank the Lord, and we can be sanctify, sanctifying what we're eating by the word of God and the intercession and the prayers, the logos. Now, he goes on, he says, if you instruct the brethren, this is little Timothy, a pastor, setting the order of the Ephesus, church in Ephesus, and he says, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you'll be a good minister of Jesus Christ. It just tells me, squirrely thinking isn't really godly thinking. It's centering in the fullness, the completion, the simplest ways. You'll be nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. Oh, aren't you so glad we read the Bible? It's just in there. It's just all there. He goes on. He says, uh, if you instruct the brethren, but reject profane. We'll go ahead. Yeah, if you instruct the brethren, I already did that. But reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. When we get into 2 Timothy this week and Titus this week, you'll see that there was... There's a lot of speculation in the early church. A lot of speculation about a lot of things out there, genealogies and this. And, and, and it would take people from the, the faith. But reject them. Exercise toward godliness. Bodily exercise profits a little. We all know the benefits of bodily exercise. But godliness is profitable for all things, having the promise of life now and is that which is to come. So we're practicing godliness. Isn't that wonderful? You guys should be all happy. We get to practice godliness, like to walk in likeness of Christ. Yay! I get to, I get to experience agreement with Jesus Christ in the midst of a hellish moment. Ha, ah, praise Jesus. Let's see how long it takes Jesus to overcome this moment. Mm. And you start to learn. It, it's quicker and quicker. This is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptance. So we've been told to live in, a, live in thanksgiving, that prayer and the word of God sanctifies things that we are been given to us by God to enjoy, that we're to not get all caught up on silly wives' tales, 
but we're to allow godliness to be a focus because it's, it's part of benefiting this life and the one to come, and these are faithful saints. See, I read this, and I go to myself, oh, Lord, I want to stay here. I want to practice these truths until they benefit me as the Scriptures say they will. For to this end, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially to those who believe. One of the reasons we drift away from this great salvation is we drift away from the man who is the means of all salvation. And we add to him things that we're supposed to do, ways we're supposed to behave, things that we're supposed to focus on, rather than focusing on him, beholding him, and acknowledge him as sufficient in all things. It, it seems like nothing, but it, it's so easy to drift. Hebrews 1, 2 says we can drift away from such a great salvation. So he's Savior of all men. Jesus is the Savior of the world. All men. But it works when you believe. <laughs> so you got to believe. That's why we're proclaiming him, so that others can believe. These things command and teach. Let no one despise you of your youth. And I want to say to some of you that aren't young anymore, let no one despise you of your old age. Some of the best work in the Bible was done after you turned 90. Don't give up. Oh, there's so much. It takes a long life to die. Then God wants to use the rest of the life for resurrection. Don't die before the resurrection. I mean, die, yes, die, give up, stop. Turn and look in the mirror and say, you are not my Savior. Look yourself in the eye and say, you're going to mess it up again. That's all you ever do is mess it up. But it doesn't matter because Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes. Jesus Christ is Lord of you, Steve Dittmar, and he's going to make your mess a message. See, that's praise. This self-esteem, this puff yourself up, make yourself feel good. Oh, that's stupid. It's idolatry. It doesn't take you through the fire and get you out of it. You burn up in it. Oh, where's God? He's right where you were yesterday, seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Oh, but how does this happening? Because you've got to be tested. If you're not tested, then how do you know that this is true? You have to find that the truth prevails, overwhelms, overtakes. It's true. And if, if once you quit trying to change everything out here, you just say, Lord, I'm just going to stand here till you change everything in here. Whew. Yeah, wow. And then you start smiling. Oh, we got the victory. Jesus is Lord, King of kings. Yeah, wow. Woo-hoo. I don't know what's going to happen, but it doesn't matter. Don't let anyone despise your youth or your old age, but be an example to the believers. Now, here's our charge, every one of us. What are we going to do tomorrow? We're going to have an example in the Word, in the Logos, glorious Logos. We read our Bible in conduct. I, I am so grateful that Cammie discovered listening to the Bible because last week when I was not feeling my best and my mind wasn't as clear to read and listen, I just let my Englishman read. And he just read the NIV, and I just, oh, just washed over the water of the Word. 
I had a remembrance that when I was a young pastor full of pride, arrogance, and full of truth and knew exactly what everybody needed to do. I'd go visit someone in the hospital and they were dying under some really precarious thing. The first thing I'd do is turn off their TV and I'd bring a little cassette recorder with the Bible. And I'd plug that thing in and say, now you listen to this 24-7. You got drips going in your arm. You need to hear the word of God. Okay, sure. But as soon as I came back, they were watching TV. Because if you don't practice it now, you won't do it when you need it. I was thinking, Lord, I'm so grateful. One of the, the day before I got uh, tested positive, which was a Friday. So it was a Thursday or Friday. I went to take uh, uh, time with the Lord. And it was just such a struggle to, to, to center my thinking and to hear and, and just to kind of connect and feel the connection. And the Holy Spirit was so generous because all of a sudden he said to me out of Revelation chapter 3, you have little strength. You've kept my word and not denied my name. Therefore, I'm opening a door no man can shut. And I realized that was, that's all I got to do. Just little strength. Keep your word, value it, hold it, treasure it, and not deny your name. And the greatest opportunities are given to us. Which tells me, I mean, we're not going to look great in the end. You know, it's, it's, we're going to look great in heavenly imagery, but not necessarily earthly imagery. The outward man might be perishing, but the inward man's coming to life. So I was just grateful that I could listen to the Bible being read to me. That I didn't, the standard wasn't some high floating thing. Do this, stop that, change this, recourse that. Just if you want to get to the highest level of separation from the evil that's coming to the earth, just, just have little strength. Don't let go of the word of God, value it above everything else, and just don't deny his name. Don't get way out there, just stay right there. And it was precious. So he goes on and he says, till I come, give attention. Till I come, give attention to reading. It's right there in the Bible, to reading. You read, look it up. I looked it up in the Greek. You know what it means? To read aloud. To read. To read the scriptures. The reading of the scriptures. Exhortation. That's a gathering close. Come on, don't stop, stop. Let's not do this. I'm grateful every time Diana gets up and exhorts me to praise him. Kick me in the butt. What are you doing, you wimp? Get up. Praise him. He's worthy of praise. I need that. I don't know about you. I need that. And if I can't do it, then I need her to do it. But it's even better when I do it. Soul, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, soul. And if you don't, you don't know how to talk to your soul, just say your name. Steve. Steve, bless the Lord. I bless you, Lord. Forget none of his benefits. All right, I'm not going to forget any of your benefits. Engage. Oh, blessings. So he says, don't neglect the gift of God that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands and the eldership. Use it. Give it away. Help others. It's not about ministry. Ministry means service. It's not about titles and places and value and humanity going, whoo, wow, whoa, you're awesome. No, it's just about releasing life, 
Give it away. Help somebody else. Encourage someone else. If you have a ministry, you're not looking for people to make you feel better. You're looking to help others feel better. And you're doing it everywhere. Look right, look right, right here. We can love everybody. You say, oh, I can love everybody. No, no, you don't love. We, we'll get you somebody you don't love. And then you can practice. <laughs> That's where love learns. We'll get you somebody that you want to die. And then you're going you're gonna to have to intercede for their life. We'll get you somebody that mistreats you and make them, they're, they're your new prayer assignment. We want to hear about someone cursing you so that you can go into the secret place and say, oh my God, I know a blessing that's come to this one because they're under the curse that they're not speaking. You just, we can grow this thing. We're, we're there, nothing laying. Just keep it going. Get it on. Don't neglect it. Meditate on these things. This is not, you see, the reason I like the Bible as a message is that I'm no longer teaching topics. To me, I'm being... So meditate on these things. Meditate. Meditate means get your full attention. Give your full attention. Get your sign, Get to quiet time. Get yourself in the truth. Get yourself in the Word. Ponder it. Think about it. Meditate it. Give yourselves entirely to them. That your progress may be evident to all. Beloved, you and I, you, 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 we know when we're advancing. You don't advance as a group. You advance as one heart at a time. And if, at moments, the move of God gets enough hearts moving in, in, in oneness that all of a sudden it becomes an overwhelming force and many get swept in. But you can start the next move of God today. Just go pray. Just go find a place quiet and say, God, I'm here to agree with you to see the fullness of your salvation break open in the earth, in me, through me, now. And then when hell breaks out and you feel like, nobody likes me, no one cares for me, no one wants me, no one needs, you say, shut up, Steve, and bless the Lord. You have an assignment to see an outpouring of the Spirit of God in the earth today. So stay engaged. Go, I don't know what to say. Read the book of Psalms. Declare the word of God. For five years, God says, Psalm 2, Psalm 2, Psalm 2, Psalm 110, Psalm 45, Psalm 46. And then this year, ah, the world's falling apart. I go, well, wait a minute. I'm not listening to the report of the world's falling apart. I'm listening to the word of God. Why are the nations raging? Why are the people plotting vain things? Why are the kings of the earth, you know, setting themselves and rulers taking counsel together? Why are they plotting to throw away the, the, the rule of God over their lives? What's God doing? Ha, 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 ha. You can agree with Scripture. You don't have to agree with politics. You don't have to agree with, 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 with things that you see that are your assignment to get prayed through, to get changed. But not all of us have the same assignment to pray over all things that get changed. Some are going to carry burden for healing. Some are going to carry burden for government. Some are going to carry a burden for families. It's carrying the burden that God gave us and then stay engaged. But as far as what's the outcome, Psalm 2, Psalm 110. So then, then you go, okay, 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 I'm, I'm going to gauge there. Give yourself entirely. Let your progress be evident. I charge us today, two minutes I'm leaving, I'm sending you. I charge you today that you have a calling that you gave your heart to before to the Lord. And he wants you to come back alive in it.
He doesn't want you to wait, and he doesn't care what happened, and he's not going to remove you from your future. He just says, stand back up, my son, and come after me. You know how to do it. You're accepted in the beloved, not by your own works. You're accepted in love, not because of you're a lovely person, but you're in the beloved. Get up. Press in. Bend the knee. Give him time. Pray. There are many things for you to do, but they will not get done if you fall down. Just stand back up. And that's, that's the word of the Lord to all of us. Come on, it's my word to me every day, every day I'm getting up. Amen. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Take heed to yourself. That's what we just did right there. Take heed to yourself and to doctrine and continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Beloved, we are going to begin to see the impact of the resurrected Christ in our life affecting the people around us just by us holding our place in Christ and experiencing him purposefully and then extending our prayer beyond that. Who can I encourage? Who can I stir up love in? Who can I bring them to a further place? How, I, I, I'm in, God. And then don't think it's strange when everything comes against you. and you go, Oh, nobody loves you. Of course nobody loves you. God didn't send you to the earth to be loved. The commandment is that you're to love. So you see, we, we just start to learn, to learn the, 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 the switch around. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I just thank you so much for your beautiful church that you're so intent <laughs> um, awakening and giving us light. Thank you for your words. Boy, I'm so grateful for your living word. Thank you for your 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 word. Thank you for the time we're living in. Who would have ever imagined that China would be planning to take Taiwan? Russia's trying to take Ukraine, courting other countries in Africa, threatening, menacing, inflations and recessions. And it looks like Pandora's box got open and everything's running all over the place. And you're calling us back to your word. You're calling us back to the fact that you're seated at the right hand of majesty, waiting for your enemies to be made your footstool. Praise you, Jesus. Who would ever imagined called to be a high priest when your father called you forth, Melchizedek, my king of righteousness? Who would ever think that father has you at the right hand, Adonai, and you are judging, executing kings, in the day of your wrath, judging among the nations. Whoa. Praise you, Jesus. You are Lord of all. You are Lord of the United States of America. You are Lord of the United States of America. Every heart is yours. And you can bring the consciousness of God back into America. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Join with me. Would you please praise him? praise you Jesus we praise you Lord we praise you Lord we don't want to be people that are overwhelmed by life we want to overwhelm life with your life praise you Jesus 
praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. You are the Lord, Lord of all. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you. Jesus Christ Lord Jesus Christ Lord Jesus Christ Lord Sing it over you Jesus Christ Sing it over your assignment that you've been given by God Jesus Christ Lord over your family Jesus Christ Lord You are Lord you are Lord Jesus you Yeah, let it be. It's your words from your heart. Authority comes forth. flesh. We praise you, Jesus. You are Lord. Praise you. And with all of the heart adoration, just tell him to behold your faith. Can you feel? Let him come alive in you. 
blessing i'd like you to hold your hands up like that god asks us always first to give but then he never sends us away empty-handed he commands a blessing to us he commands health to our body he commands peace to our mind joy into our spirits he commands us with clarity and freedom and joy what do you need today the kingdom of heaven is at hand what do you need today Oh, let him give it to us. Tell him what I need. You know, blind Bartimaeus didn't think twice. Did I want to see? I want to see. Let it be a prayer that's clear. I want to hear. I want to be alive. I want my body to quit hurting. I want to live in resurrection. What do you want? He's here. He's here. Now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I declare over your glorious church here in this sanctuary, those online and those who will join us later online. I declare every living member to come alive in the spirit of the living God, resurrection life, and activation and truth and peace and, and glory. Speak healing to bodies that are tired and worn out and they need to be refurbished and renewed. Declare joy to broken hearts. Joy coming in the morning. Joy filling the place of sadness. Joy filling the place of overwhelmness. I declare victory where everything looks like defeat. I declare victory where nothing looks like victory. I declare grace where there is no grace. I declare breakthroughs where there are no breakthroughs. I declare revival where there is nothing but deadness. I declare Jesus is Lord. You got it, you got it, you got it, you got it, you got it. There it is. There it is. Lord, as we go out, I pray you would rest over us. 
your strength would camp on our weaknesses and you would be glorified and your grace sufficient. I pray, Lord, that we will have the most extraordinary encounters in the reading of scriptures, in the days of hours of our prayer, and that you will begin to awaken inside of each of us our holy calling, our inheritance, and the breakthrough that you've ordained us to be a part of. We thank you for this. Jesus is Lord. You are Lord of everything. Lord of the United States of America. Lord of California. Lord of our cities and states. Yes, you are Lord. Lord of the Ukraine. Lord of Taiwan. Lord of China. Lord of Russia. Lord of Iran. Lord of Israel. You are Lord of the whole earth. Jesus. Whoa. Seal us. Send us and empower us as we go in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Let's give them a praise. God bless. Thank you.